you don't have to be that person forever. Like you can find out that you like chocolate ice cream and you like peanut butter ice cream. Welcome to the From Quarantine podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to part two of our pep talks episode. We are going to jump right in and pick up where we left off in part one. We hope you enjoy. And actually, the last one that I had, it's kind of along those lines because it was, you don't have to be the same person forever. Mm. Um, and I, I think you go through school, you come into your 20s. At that point, you usually know your favorite color, what kind of music you listen to. Like you're this little fully formed human. A lot of people have a partner by then or whatnot. And then they're like, this is who I am. And you don't have to be that person forever. Like you can find out that you like chocolate ice cream and you like peanut butter ice cream. Or mm -hmm. you can discover that, oh my gosh, I really love this style of art, modern art or something, um, just on a personal level. But also in that, and this happens to me all the time, actually the coronavirus um, ordeal has taught me this, that I tend to be very opinionated. I, I read, I back up my opinions, but then things change. And at the beginning of this virus, like in February, I was saying to students like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. We don't have to worry and this and that. And what was in the news? Like, that's what I was reading and the statistics and what the news that was coming out of China. And obviously the situation has changed. And now I'm like, oh, this is much more serious. And actually we need to look at it from a different point of view. And I even wrote to one of my students um, after a conversation we had and I went back and checked, fact-checked myself and was like, you know what? I was wrong and that's okay. Like the discussion led me to find new information and I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. So I think not getting stuck in, this is my belief system, this is who I am and I have to be that person forever. Like you can go, oh, you know what? That's, I've changed my mind. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard for me when I went from being a professional photographer, uh, which I, I did for 10 years, to moving to Prague, to not having that identity anymore. I needed a change. I needed to do something different. And yeah, it was really, really difficult for me to let that go. Like it was, mm -hmm. I kind of felt like useless and, you know, had all those like emotions that you go through and like. What's well, hard from when who you are is usually your occupation. And then when the occupation mm -hmm. disappears or for whatever reason changes, then you're like, oh, then who am I? Becomes the question, not the statement. Yep, it's true. And so, so do you have any of your own that weren't on Elise's um, 100 Day Project? Do you have any of your own favorite little pep talks that have followed I you? I do, I do. Two of them are from books, which won't surprise you. Um, <laughs> When I was in my early 20s, I read the book Traveling Mercies by Anne Lamott, which oh, is amazing. Favorite. I I really enjoyed some of her stories, but the but one of the ones that sticks out to me even today is Bird by Bird. And she actually went to on to write a book by that title, which is uh, about how to write. But she's describing a project that her brother had 
uh, in school and he had waited too long to do it. So it was like a lot of information all at once. And his dad was helping him with the project and his advice to the, what he had to do basically was write about all these birds and do like a presentation on like poster board, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember and, those days, the science yeah. there on the poster board. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So her dad's advice to her brother was bird by bird. Like, just take it one bird at a time. And that has stuck with me. And when I get really overwhelmed, because my brain is an idea factory, so (laughs) it is really easy for me to get overwhelmed with just with the pressure I put on myself to mm-hmm. follow through with ideas. And then I'll realize, you know, like maybe this isn't for me. I don't know. Um, but I was excited about it for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of those like little like sparks and things that like don't actually like take shape later on, but like, uh-huh. but it's fine because like, I've kind of learned that, that about myself and I, fully recognize that maybe I don't follow through with everything but I can't follow through with everything I'm just one person and Mm -hmm. right now I'm like in an exploration period of my life and you know I'm writing and uh raising a child and learning a new language which that takes a lot of mental energy in your 40s let me tell you um so there's a lot going on but it's you know going back to celebrating your wins like sometimes it's easy to just dismiss those things because they're not what other people look at as successful. But bird by bird is one of my pep talks that I give myself when I have to do something. And I've actually passed it on to my daughter because she has a really hard time with looking at a big, huge, messy room or a paper that's just full of math problems and not being just completely overwhelmed by the big picture. Um, And so we, we have a lot of pep talks about like just one at a time bird by bird uh so she knows that story too now <laughs> oh, I like that. what about you do you have one of your own my pep talk comes from you I don't know where you stole it from <laughs> but I stole it from you you actually you wrote this in um I don't remember if you wrote it inside my diary or if you gave me a piece of paper and I put it inside my diary but a few years ago you gave it to me And I uh, write it every year on January 1st in my new diary because I still keep a paper diary. I can't do the electronic thing. I like that. You have a Tetris schedule. There's no way that you can. (laughs) I know. I got to see it in front of me and be able to write it and erase it. Um, And you told me, happy people don't say yes when they mean no. And as I have confessed on this podcast once before, I am a people pleaser. I want to make people around me happy, people that I know, people that I don't know, uh-huh. uh, strangers, people on the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just constantly looking for opportunities to be like, here, let me make you happy. Um, but I... Because of that, I tend not to, I don't want to say I don't make myself happy. Like, I think about myself. I take care of myself as well. But I do tend to overextend myself. I say yes to a lot of different things um, because I want to make other people happy. And I say yes to a lot of things because I'm super curious about the world. And an opportunity will come up and I'm like, oh, my God, when else will I have that opportunity? I'm going to say yes. Um, And I think it's important to remember that yes means yes it's easier to say no to someone and then go back and tell them actually I can than to say yes and go back and say actually I can't 
Um, yeah. So I have, I actually last year I worked really hard on this idea of not saying um, yes and also not saying sorry when I actually mean I can't. Um, and it yeah. was one of the most liberating years of my life. Like I changed the way that I responded to emails. I changed the way that I answered phone calls. And I realized that I'm not hurting anyone by changing the narrative. It's tough to say no to people. Nobody's going to debate that. It's tough mm-hmm. to not not want to meet everybody else's expectations for you. Or it's hard to like even not validate somebody else's expectation to you for uh, for you in your mind um mm-hmm. that you don't have to like take that on and make that a part of who you are like there's yeah. that kind of saying like the, just because there's a need doesn't mean you have to fill it and <laughs> exactly and that that is per, per you know really perfect for this time that we're looking at. I mean there's a lot of suffering going on there's only so much we can do mm-hmm. um and so you have to give yourself permission to just do what you can do, like do what's right in front of you. And I actually think that's one of Elise's pep talks too. Um, But, (laughs) you know, do what you can do and then let it go. And Mm -hmm. you can feel emotions for like other people who are suffering and things like that. I mean, not, I'm not advocating turning your heart off to the world, but. (laughs) No, but you find what you can do where. I had this conversation with Tara. We all know Tara and we love her. Yes. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. When we were in Croatia together many years ago, um, and we were talking about the idea of charitable giving or volunteering um, and how that fits into who we are and what we do. And we were both saying that being introverts and also being of limited time and capacity, that we tend to um, give instead of volunteer. That both of us, um, we we both have charities that um, we give to monthly, that we both have um, a lot of, like, opportunities to give away things that we have and uh, where we were at that point in life, like discussing this kind of like giving rather than volunteering because volunteering, um, we're both really, really empathetic people. And like, I could just go into a nursing home and break down and cry for three hours rather than actually helping someone. Cause I'm overwhelmed yeah. with that. Um, yep. and I think that that's really important to, to know your gifts and your gift. My mom was a social worker and she worked with people with mental disabilities and she was amazing. That's not my gift. I would give money to charities that do that, but I can't go in there and do that because I don't know how to interact with those people. I would weep. Um, It just, it would be messy for all involved. Um, So know, know what you, where you are and what you can do. And like we talked about yesterday with our friend Angela, I can't sew. I don't have a sewing machine. I can't be that person, but she can, and I can support her in some way through that. Yeah, it's true. My sister and I, and if I compare myself to my mother too, my mother was forever the advocate of the underdog. She late in life went back to university to be educated to be a teacher and she taught middle school which is probably the most uh undesirable is that (laughs) undesirable age group to teach I think for most teachers like they try to avoid that either they really like the young kids or they like the older kids but like that middle school age is really hard and uh and you have to be a person who really 
gets that in order to to be that teacher, you know? Um, and like if I look at my sister and I even like uh, she's a lot more like my mother who could who can kind of get in there and do stuff. She volunteers for make a wish, big brother, big sister. She can really get in there and you know, be a part of people's lives in that way. Um, and I cannot do that. Like if I do that, I become crippled and sad and depressed. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I'm like you, I I have to give monetarily or try to find a way to support somebody who is out there doing things. And you are great at being the person who helps solve the problem. Like <laughs> the human if, Google. That's that's the yes, like <laughs> <laughs> if I have a problem, like if I'm feeling a certain way, I'm having all these emotions and I kind of want to process my emotions. If I'm not ready to hear like solutions, you're not the first person I call. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's okay. But if I'm ready to hear like, okay, let's fix this, look, let's do something about this, then you are the first person I call. Like when I'm in that stage (laughs) of processing, like you're the first person I call. And, um, you know, Andy is super empathetic. And and so a lot of times like I'll process my emotions with him. And then like when I'm ready to like get going, because I think Andy is so soft towards me. Like he's so sensitive that like, it's hard for him to kind of be do the tough love thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it takes a village, everyone. Utilize it your does. friends. It does. Diversify yeah. how you, you know, know who who has gifts in what areas and how they can help you, how you can help them. Um, yeah. So. I totally agree. That, that's a really important part of, I think, being self-aware and living in this world. So know, right now when you're thyself. watching a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes. Know thyself. Right now when you're watching a lot of suffering around you, like keep that in mind, do what you can do, know your limitations, um, put your own safety mask on first, right? Yes, exactly. The airplane, like you can't mm-hmm. help people if you or yourself are drowning. So, um, so it felt yeah. very much like a moment of Zen, but I know that you have one more for us. Today is your moment of Zen. I do. Yes, I have a moment of calm. So when I was a teenager, I was a very devout Christian. And this is a scripture that always sort of framed life for me. And even as I've changed in my belief system, I still kind of carry this with me. Um, It's from 1 Corinthians 16, 14. It's the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. A lot of people use scriptures from Corinthians at like wedding ceremonies because he talks a lot about loving each other and what that means to love in first Corinthians. Um, but this is just a short, let all that you do be done in love. And I think that that still inspires me to this day to focus what I'm doing, um, making sure that my motivation is love and kindness toward other people, really taking a moment to understand where someone else is coming from empathy, all those things that sort of make up how we, love each other um yeah let all that you do be done in love that's my moment of moment of calm not moment of zen we can't <laughs> i know i always want to say moment of zen and then i'm like no we're stealing from the daily show that, that, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
John Stewart. That was a good conversation. Thank you, Tassie, for sharing your pep talk. Wow, I feel so good. I'm ready to go into the weekend. Um, And it's so nice to hear your voice every day. Well, thank you. Same to you. So enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Mwah. Ciao. Hey. Mwah. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode of From Quarantine. Our greatest wish is that it brought some levity to your day. If we made you laugh even a little bit, then we accomplished our goal. We are now live on all major platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as your favorite third-party apps. Just search for From Quarantine. You can find us on Instagram by searching From Quarantine as well, and you can also reach us through our website, quarantine.cz. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends, but if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow. This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue.